You are listening to Melbourne Lights Church Weekly Podcast. So we are in the middle of a series on the church that Jesus is building. And it is the church that I want to be a part of because Matthew and I have been had the privilege of leading this church for 14 years now. Is Amy 14? How old's Amy? Nearly, four, nearly 14 years. Amy was born a couple of weeks after we started leading. That's how I remember. Thanks, Amy. You are the marker for how I know how long the church has been. So um, we definitely, for a chunk of time, had a crack at leading the church and doing our own church, building Matt and Elodie's church. Sorry, yeah. yeah. If I, like, we were young and immature and we've grown. No, at times, we've had to go. Then we're like, oh, 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 oh. no, no. Not Matt and Elodie's church, Jesus's church. And when we stepped back and we let Jesus build his church, it's a much more beautiful picture. And it's what he has. And I just love it. It's the most beautiful thing in the world. I want to be in a church that's eyes are fixed on him and where everybody is equipped to know him, to follow him and to be fully them, full of him. That's what we aim to be. So the church that Jesus is building is a community of believers that sees one another as a unique gift. And this is the part that tends to challenge us a lot because unique gifts um, are all very different. And I've received many unique gifts in my life because I tend to be a unique person. And it can be a challenge to find where does that gift quite fit. But do you know what? Jesus has a perfect place for that gift and you celebrate that gift and you pray through that gift and he will show you exactly where it fits. And every one of you is a unique gift and you all have a place to fit and a place to belong and something to add to this body of Christ. So um, Colossians 3 verses 16 to 17 says, Let the word of God dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing psalms, hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in your heart to God. Whatever you do, whether word or deed, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Ah. I like that. This morning, I would like to invite some special ladies to share with us some of their wonderful wisdom. Each one of them is a unique gift. And each one of you is a unique gift in my life. And these women are definitely a unique gift in my life that help me. They slap me. They share their wisdom. I watch them. I grow through them. They challenge me. Leanna's like, yeah, right, I have slapped her. (laughs) Not physically, but she corrects me, you know. So I would like to invite (laughs) to share their wisdom with us this morning, the beautiful Monica Zanardo. The lovely Leanna Rutrink. And the gorgeous Gabby Conlon. (laughs) So what I love about God is that he's, um, we all, our destination is eternity. We don't reach destination on earth. I feel like God tends to use the process to teach us things. So I wanted to ask these ladies some questions today around process, in a way. Is that all right? Yeah. Oh, this is saying RF, mute off. Do I press the little red button again? Hello. Can you hear me? Tell me, can you hear me? <laughs> Let's just stop. It's not my moment. It's not. <laughs> Look, you just, I don't know where we're going today, so Jesus, take the wheel. We love Let's you, Let's start Elodie. with that. Will we pray? Yeah, let's do that. Good. 
Jesus, I just thank you. Thank you that everyone who is a part of Melbourne Lights Church is a gift to one another, that you are building us together in a spiritual house. I thank you that these amazing women are part of those gifts to us. And Lord, would you just share your wisdom to our hearts through them today? That would they speak from you, from their hearts, for what you have for each one of us? Lord, would our hearts as the hearers of their words be open for what you have for us as well, Jesus? Would seed fall on ripe soil, soil ready to flourish and grow with what you have for each one of us, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for who they are. Would you bless them as they pour out upon us today? In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So they're very, if you know these ladies, the three of them are exceptionally different to one another. So what they are going to share with us will be different, but from each part of them, you will see a different part of what Jesus wants for us this morning. Is that all right? Yeah, you ready? Okay. So my first question, I have a feeling we might not get beyond the first question, but we might. So my first question this morning is, Monica, I might start with you, is that all right? Yeah? Put you on the spot. We really didn't talk through this much. So my first question is, how has being a mother helped you understand the unconditional love of God? Thank you. I love this question so much. When Elodie said it, I was so excited about She was this the question. first one when I asked to be like, oh, yes, I'll be a part of that panel. <laughs> it's been such a huge journey in my life, understanding the unconditional love of God. Uh, and just lost my notes. But <laughs> so I just thought I'd give a bit of a backstory. And then being a mother was a significant part of the journey. So I'll get to that in a minute. But in my early 20s, uh, I still remember, you know, one of those revelation moments when the, the light bulb goes on and you think, oh, right. <laughs> and I was worshipping in the Blue Mountains. I don't even know why I was there in the bush. And God brought into my mind an old song that probably only the older ones of us will know. Jesus, take me as I am. I can come no other way. So that's the first two lines. And as I sang those first two lines, I felt God say to me, I don't expect you to come any other way. It's impossible for you to come any other way. So I I love you exactly as you are, without conditions, without limits, and that's how I love you, as you are. And that just sunk so deep into my heart. And then the second two lines of the song are, take me deeper into you, make my flesh life melt away. And as I journeyed this, um, I came across a quote by Max Licardo in um, What's So Amazing About Grace. And it's, the quote is, God loves you just the way you are, but he refuses to leave you that way. He wants you to be just like Jesus. So, um, yeah, and God just spoke to me so much during that period because I really needed it during that period of time. And I kept asking him, show me more, show me more of your love, pour it into my heart. He spoke through... Ephesians 3:16 to 19, which talks about being grounded in his love. And um, out of that grounding in his love, we're filled with the fullness of God and we're strengthened in our inner being. And then when I became a mum to these handsome young men, <laughs> uh, after the initial shock of being a new mum, it was a bit of a shock <laughs> for me, I must admit. <laughs> the love that I had for my sons was, it was just so, so deep, it was fierce, it was without limits, 
uh, felt like I, I could do anything for them, wanted the best for them. And then I remember having a few moments where I thought, I recognised this is the kind of love that God has for me. This, um, of course, mine's imperfect. His is without mistakes or flaws. So there's not quite a comparison, but similar. <laughs> um, yeah, the, lo- the, the unconditional love I felt for my babies was the same love that Father God felt for me and for each one of you here today. So good. Um, at, at the time I thought, I wonder if I would lay down my life for my sons. I don't know. I wasn't tested, thankfully. <laughs> I'd like to think I would have, but I'm not sure. But I am sure that God did yeah. for each one of us. I am sure that while, while we, was, we were still sinners and far away from him, so it was totally without conditions. We didn't do anything. And he laid down his life for us, mm. each one of you sitting here today. And that's the, love, the deep love that he has for each one of us. And then as my boys became toddlers, there's a lot of flesh life in toddlers, isn't there? (laughs) And I loved my sons so much that I wanted to discipline them and shape them so that now as 21 and 24-year-olds, they don't have two-year-old tantrums anymore, (laughs) thankfully. Sometimes. So they've come into maturity um, and same with God's love for us. So he loves us completely as we are, just as we come to him exactly as we are is how he, he loves us without conditions. But he loves us too much for us to be spiritual toddlers and have tantrums. <laughs> he wants to grow us into security, into, yeah, security and maturity um, because of his disciplining love and his strong love for us. So, yeah, I just want to encourage you to let, just let it blow your mind (laughs) how much God loves you, that the holy God we were talking about this morning loves us so personally and so deeply without limit. Mm -hmm. Just take some time this week to let it blow your mind and open up your heart to receive his love. Beautiful, Monica. So beautiful. I, I, sometimes I think because of just the earthliness that we the think that if God is disciplining us, then he's taken his love from us. But the heart is actually, I discipline you because I love you so much. And I want you to grow into all I have for you. That's such a beautiful thing. Um, Leanna? <laughs> um, I don't know about you, but I find that kids are quite audacious Maybe that's my children, specifically. Um, Where did that come from? I don't even know. I don't know. Um, But I love it because kids assume that you love them. Mm. They kind of, like, kids are just born, but their default is, of course you love me, Mm. because you feed me, you look after me, you you know, you give me the things that I want, you play with me, all those things. And I love that about children, that they're just so innocent in assuming that we love them. Even this morning... um, I got out of bed to get ready for church and my boys were like, no, get back into bed. It's Mother's Day. And I was like, okay, but like I actually have to get ready for church. So I got ready and then I sat back into bed under the covers. 
Yeah, because they were like, we have to give you breakfast. And I was like, great, great, great. So they brought me some breakfast and they brought me a chai. And I was like, oh, this is nice. I was ready to open my presents. And then Lewis, who's my seven-year-old, he came in with some books. And I was like, I don't know why he has books. I thought maybe he had something hidden between the books. No, no, he just had books for me to read to him. And in his little Mother's Day thing he made at school, one of the things he said was that he loves about me is that I read to him. Aww. And so I was like, oh, that's so nice. And he's so audacious that he's assuming it's going to happen before church this morning <laughs> on Mother's Day. And so there I am sitting with my croissant. And I said, darling, I love you so much. And I would love to read a book to you, but I'm trying to eat my breakfast. And he was like, oh. And I said, but what about if you read to me? And he was like, oh, Okay. So then he read me a story this morning, which was really lovely. But I love that he assumed, because he loves me reading to him, that I would love to read to him too. And that's just the assumption that he makes. Um, and as I was kind of thinking about this question, um, it made me think of a scripture I've been reading through the Gospels and where Jesus gets baptised in Matthew 3. And he gets baptised and as he comes out of the water... Um, it says the heavens opened and the Holy Spirit, he came down like a dove and he rested on Jesus. And then there was a voice. It was the Father's voice from heaven. And it says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And I was reading that and I was like, oh, like I've read it before. But I suddenly just went, wow, that is the Father's heart. He looked at his own son and he went, this is my, not just this is my son, but this is my beloved son. Like, this is my treasured son in whom I'm well pleased. And I've read that before and thought, why was he well pleased? He hadn't done anything yet. Very like, just it's right before he begins his ministry. Like, after that, he goes into the wilderness to be tempted. He's filled with the Holy Spirit. And then he begins to minister. And I was like, why does he say he's so well pleased? Like, we think, oh, you know, we're well pleased you know, like if our kids do something, your kids do well and you go, I'm so proud of you, well done. But God just looked at his son and said, I'm just so well pleased because you're my son. Yeah. Beautiful. And we know that Jesus hadn't done nothing because he was a grown man and he hadn't sinned. <laughs> so actually he had done lots. <laughs> it was pretty amazing. Yeah. But as far as ministry, as yeah. far as anything anyone else could see, he hadn't done anything yet. Yeah. And it made me think, wow, this is how Jesus looks at us. He looks at us and he goes, this is my beloved son. This is my beloved daughter. And in you, I'm well pleased. And why is he well pleased? Not because of anything we've done, but actually just because of who we are and who we belong to. So good. And I was like, wow, that's so awesome. Like, you know, my kids, they, they're pretty good most of the time. <laughs> And they do their best. And there are moments when I'm really proud of them. You know, they do well at school or they, they do something kind or loving or generous or whatever. And I think, wow, I'm so proud of them. Like, I love them. I'm so well pleased. But I don't only love them yeah. when they do good things. I don't only love them when they perform. I love them all the time. Why? Because they're mine. Because they're my kids. Do you know what I mean? And it, I just, there was another scripture that... Um, actually just felt this morning in first john uh, where is it first john chapter 4 and it's talking about god and it's talking about little children he's talking to his little children talking to us um, and it says so we've come to know and to believe the love that god has for us god is love 
And whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. By this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment, because as he is, so also are we in this world. And then it says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. And then verse 19 says, we love because he first loved us. And it just reminded me that I felt God say, (laughs) he said, oh, that my people would know the great love I have for them. And that as we live and as we stay in this unconditional, like to abide is to stay there. It's to dwell there. It's to set up camp. It's to like take up residence. As we stay in this place of knowing whose we are and how much he loves us, it's from that place, like just he did, like he did with Jesus, he confirmed, this is my son. In him I'm well pleased. And then Jesus went out and began, he began his ministry. He began what God had called him to do. I think in that same way, when we know the love of God, there's like actually a security and a commissioning that takes place for us to step into all that he's called us to do. And I love that I get to do that for my kids. I love that my job as a mum is to go, this is Jesus. Look at how glorious he is. Look at his great love for you. And now look at what he has for you and step into that. But I love that it doesn't just stop with our kids, but that actually as believers, you know, the one another, we get to actually say, remember how much God loves you? Remember how much I love you because he loves me? And actually in that, let's walk together into what God has for us. So, yeah. So beautiful. Love it. Just just sit there for a little while. Um, that as we love others sometimes that's where we learn God's love for us because our love is imperfect and yet it's so fierce his love is perfect Um, Gabby do you have anything you'd like to add to that question Um, I think it's just exactly what you guys have been saying. I've just been sitting here just thinking on that and just sitting in his love, actually. And I love that we're talking about the heart of the father, uh, but through mothers. And God carries a mother's heart. Mm. And some of you probably think, what is that? And he, he is... He has, there's a mother heart of God and read the scriptures because you'll find those elements where God nurtures and loves and gathers in Mm. and he just longs to just like a a mother hen gather in, Mm. gather in. And I I just um, was thinking just um, really shortly because they've answered this beautifully, but just to to add to um, and just, um, yeah, really build on that is... Uh, the thing that I've learnt, um, and, and my kids are, are big, they're, they're 19, 22, 23, and 14, 13, nearly 14 is my youngest. So um, I've seen some of the stages uh, of, of kids growing up and of parenting those different ages and stages. And the one thing that I, I really, as I sat and thought about this, that I've learnt is, is my love is, is so limited at times. And, you know, on Sunday I sat with a homeless guy on the streets and he said, I'm an atheist, but I do believe in love. And I said, yeah, love's amazing, it's powerful, but the problem is our love is broken. Our love, our human love is broken. It can never measure up and we let one another down. And as a parent, you realise the older your kids get, how many times your love just, it, as much as you want to love, um, it, it's, it's flawed and it, it can be broken and God is, is in the process of still healing and restoring and, and changing us. But 
as you said, Liana, and Monica said too, God's love is so, so unconditional. Our love can be so conditional. We want to say it's not, but it is. It is because we're, we're, we're broken. We're not quite there yet. Uh, we've, we're being restored and made into the image of Jesus, right? God's love is so perfect. It's unconditional. It's He's faithful. He's so faithful. And I felt him say, even when you are faithless, I am faithful. Even you think your love is ferocious, you watch what my love is like. And for some of you, you need to hear that. You might feel, I I'm, I'm, don't even know what I believe. I really don't know where I stand with this God. I'm far from him, actually. He is committed to you. He will faithfully pursue you with a love that is more ferocious than, than a mother's love. Um, he is so much more ferocious. He will never let you down. He will, he will come after you like the hound of heaven, the hound of heaven, Ethan. He will pursue you with his love. It is relentless. It is reckless. People don't like that word, but it's reckless because it doesn't fit our box. He will do whatever it takes to get your heart and capture it and bring you into him and hold you. That's my story. That is my story. And I'm not going to ex explain more than that. But I really felt that the Holy Spirit said, someone needs to hear this today. Someone needs to hear that his love will not let you down. You may have been let down by a human's love but he will never let you down. He will never let you down. In, um, in our pain, sometimes we choose to run from God. But I feel like Gabby's um, word just then is a reminder to run to his love. So if that word was for you, you have a choice to make, whether you're going to run with your pain from God or run to him and let his love change you and heal you and mend you and knit you together like only he can. Oh, I told you we might not get past the first one. <laughs> um, we are recording this, so if you just need to go home and sit and listen about the Father's love, don't let that be where you end if you listen back to this, but get in the word, sit in his presence Sit in worship and just soak in him and let him ask him to fill you with his love, to shower you with his love. You can have as much of God as you want. You can have as much of his presence as you want. That's like Gabby saying, he's reckless. He's wasteful. Like, there's so much. There's more than enough. So sit in it, soak in it. Because you can't give that love to others. You can't love your kids like that unless you have that love. Like, as much as we try and try in our own strength, we fail. Last night, I snapped, oh, so mean, at my poor 11-year-old. And he said, I just said, do you know what I've done for me today? And he's like, what, Mum? Nothing! <laughs> done everything for you! And then I was like, oh, I am so sorry. I love you, and I love doing it. The father would never say that to you. Never say, like, do you know what I've done for you? I've done everything for you. Like, he would say, I have done everything for you, and I would do it again for you. Like, that's his love. I would do it again for you. Oh, um, my next question was going to be, and I wanted to ask this question because we all... Sorry, is that all right? This is a great question. Is going to be. This is going to be my last question, though. Okay, don't worry. Matt's like, <gasps> this is my last question. And it's a shorter question, don't worry. Okay? 
But we all get to sow into the lives of others. As followers of Jesus, we're all called to be disciples. So whether or not we mother, we all sow into other people. So my question to these ladies is, how has hearing God helped lead you as you parent your kids? And I'd like you to hear their answer as, how has hearing God helped you love and lead others? Because that's how we need to hear this. Because whether it's in your home, in your work, with your friends, with your families, wherever it is, we need to be led by hearing God. So, what? Start with Gabby? Okay, start with Gabby. Hey, yes. Gabby, yes. how has hearing God helped lead oh you as you gosh. parent your kids? Oh, my gosh. Um, and I'm not getting God. to the last question. So, is there anything you really feel like you need to say? Oh. Say it now or Thanks. forever hold your peace. <laughs> I'm watching the clock. Okay. <laughs> Wow. Um, hearing him is everything. Like, it's everything. And I love that the Bible says that if you're a believer, you know Jesus. He says, my sheep hear my voice. And they follow me. We hear his voice. We get to hear his voice. But I, I'm dependent on his voice. Like, in terms of being a parent, you, there's no manual that comes with a baby. Like, there's yeah. no manual that comes with your child as they grow and change and shift into, you know, the person that God's created them to be. And... Um, every step and every stage, you're re reassessing boundaries and trying to navigate and work out, how do I do this? Mm. How do I do this? And how do you do it without the Holy Spirit? Yeah, I don't know. I actually don't know. Um, I, I've, it's like almost, how do you, you live without breathing? Mm. You need to hear his voice and be led by his voice. If we're his sheep, he leads us in everything, mm. not just parenting, in everything. Mm. If we're leading people um, in our workplace, uh, on the, just walking down the street, I mean, be led by his voice. Be led. I mean, the Bible also says that these are the sons of God, those who are led by the Spirit, that they're the sons of God. Mm. That's, that's our marker. Mm. We're led by him. So, um, we, I said, you know, we don't always know. We don't always know what we're doing, obviously, uh, when we have a, a child. And our kids are often shocked by that as they grow up. They realise, oh, you really, <laughs> really don't know everything. And, and that's a bit of a moment as parents. It's like, oh, yeah, I don't. I don't, you're right. But he knows everything, right? Yeah. I love to hear his voice. Um, and not just for their sake, but it's actually for mine. I need it just as much as I need it to do mm. what I need to do. Because he's, he's, he's dealing with the stuff in me. As things come up, there's things in me that he's speaking to and saying, hey, why did you react like that? Have a think. Mm. Hey, stop a moment. Let me heal that area. You, you've been hurt by this person. Let me do something here. You've responded because right. of this. And so there's, there's this dual thing that's happening. Yeah. He's, he's dealing with my righteousness. Like he's healing me, renewing me, adjusting me, changing me. And, and so much of what comes up in parenting actually has a lot more to do about me than about them. Yeah. Um, it's about my wholeness. And God is committed to our wholeness, to our freedom, to seeing Jesus, uh, us being made into the image of Jesus, Jesus glorified in our lives. And he's so committed to that and he'll use it. And so we must hear his voice. Um, and the, in terms of our kids or people we lead and people in our lives, he knows them better than we do. He knows what's going on in their inner thoughts, their struggles, their fears, their um, their their questions. He knows the wrestles. He knows the, the doubts. He knows it all. And they can put on a face. They can give us the answers. They can um, do all the right stuff. Yet he knows the core at the core of them what is really going on. And so we need to hear his voice so that we can actually discern 
how to address maybe something that's happening or how to love in a situation or how to, to be quiet when we need to be quiet rather than jump in and speak when we speak. And I'm still learning that one. Um, I know my kids, I can feel them looking at me going, really, really? Um, he, he wants, yeah, he wants to teach us how to, how to do this well, but for them to see him in us. Uh, let me just tell a quick story because I know these ladies have amazing um, things to share as well. But a, a little story of when, when they were growing up, the kids, my kids were little. I think it was just the three of them. And they went through a season where they would fight in the car all the time. Like every time we'd start driving somewhere, they'd begin. And it was loud. Oh, and it's distracting while you're driving. You're in an enclosed space, so everything's like magnified and you're just tired and you're like... No. And I remember just getting so frustrated. And we were driving home from school and they were at it. And my thoughts were, they need to be in trouble. Like, there's got to be consequences again. But there's going to be consequences when we get home. And in the moment as I'm driving, really not happy, and, um, you know, probably yelling, stop it, and just, mm, and the the Holy Spirit breaks in. And I just heard him say, go to 7-Eleven and buy them Slurpees. And I'm like... what? I mean, it had to be him because uh, I was not in that time. I'm like thinking, you know what's happening. What is that even going to look like? This internal debate happens. But I knew it was him. And I did argue. And I'm like, can you hear them right now? (laughs) It's the last thing I would have chosen to do. But then the Holy Spirit then whispered, as he does, that still small voice in the midst of the noise and the busyness and the distraction. We've got to learn to have that, you know, tune into that still small voice. And that's developed over time with relationship with him. But he's speaking. He's speaking to you all. Um, Just we've got to be able to hear that. And this still small voice says, I want them to know my grace. Buy them Slurpees and then tell them that this is what grace is. It's undeserved favor. I'm like, wow, Jesus. So, so I did. I drove up to 7-Eleven. The kids are fighting. They notice we're at 7-Eleven. I'm like, right, kids, go out, go and choose. Let's go. We're getting, fa- your slurp- we're getting a Slurpee, your favorite Slurpees. They just went quiet. They're like, what? I'm like, come on, go, get, let's go, let's go. I mean, I didn't send them off because they were young. So I went in with them. They got their Slurpees, we came out, and they just were sitting there looking at me. And I said, guys, and they knew, they knew they didn't deserve this. They knew they should have been in trouble. And I just turned around and said exactly what the Holy Spirit said. I said, you know what? This is what grace looks like. This is the grace of God. When we least deserved it, he sent Jesus to die for us. Grace means it's undeserved, but I'm giving it to you anyway. And God's heart is so like that. I mean, you know, I, from that day on, there really something broke and shifted. They didn't fight as much in the car anymore, or I didn't notice it. I don't know what happened. <laughs> something shifted in that moment. But I love those moments, those teaching moments where the Holy Spirit just breaks in and just speaks. And it's like... This is what great, not only for them to see, but it actually pierced my heart again. And I was reminded again at the goodness of God, the grace of God, how undeserved this grace is, um, that that he would do that for me, that he would do that for me. And how many, I was convicted even in that moment of how many times have I shown you grace when you least deserved? And wow, 
wow. And I just want to encourage you, if you feel like I'm in a place where I'm so far from God, or I'm so angry, or I'm just busy and distracted, I don't even know... The Father's just standing there going, I'm waiting, I'm looking. My grace is here for you. My grace is here. You don't have to deserve it. You don't deserve it, actually. You don't deserve it. You don't deserve it. But the Father's saying, I'm here and I'm waiting. And the moment you look to me, I'm running. I'm running to you. And I'm about to grab you and hold you, put the ring on you, the robe on you, and tell you, you are my son. You are my daughter. That's grace. That's grace. I hope you bought them a jumbo Slurpee. <laughs> Just so when they got to the end, they were like, <laughs> <laughs> So mean, right? Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what I would do, and that's why Jesus didn't give me that thing to do with my children. <laughs> Jesus will speak to me in a different way. <laughs> um, yes. My kids are obviously a fair bit younger than Gabby's and Monica's, so mine are in that stage where they... Um, ask a lot of questions, um, but it just it made me realize that you know in the way that your kids always ask questions um, and they're not like ashamed to ask they just ask and they expect that you'll know the answer um, that we should just have that same attitude with wanting to hear God speak like do we have an attitude where we're constantly coming to him where we're speaking to him where where we have questions like God's not afraid of our questions he's not afraid of our doubts or the things we don't understand he loves it because if we're his kids I mean okay let's be honest sometimes my kids questions annoy me but Jesus is much better than me that's when you give them the giant slurpees (laughs) yes so Jesus doesn't get annoyed because I'm not perfect so I get annoyed and frustrated or I'm busy and I'm like stop asking questions But Jesus isn't like that. We never come to him and say, Lord, speak to me. And he goes, why again? How many times today is she going to ask? Thank goodness Jesus is better than that, yeah? He's so good. And I just, you know, I just feel like, um, like Proverbs 3 talks about, you know, do not lean on your own understanding. But like in all your ways, acknowledge him and he makes your path straight. And to just have, you know, as as parents, as a mum, like Gabby said, you are often faced with your own shortcomings and your own humanity and your own just lack of everything. <laughs> Kids have a way of doing that. Um, and that's okay because Jesus wants to help us. And like, you know, for me, it's like, do I have a humble heart to admit my shortcomings and where I can't and I don't have enough and I don't have what I need? Am I humble enough to actually come to the Father and say, would you speak? Would you help me? You know, I, I don't, like, there's so many times you're like, I, I don't know what to do. I don't, know the, I don't know what the answer is. I don't know what the response in this situation is supposed to be. I've never been here before. I've never had kids. Every year you've never had kids this age. Oh, well, that's not true. With your first one. You've never had kids this age. But to come to God, and they're all different. My two boys are so different, different personalities. So what works for one doesn't always work for the other one. And I have to come back to God again and say, like, what do I do? Help me, speak to me, show me, you know, give me a strategy. Even like, how do I pray? I don't need, like, you'd think, how do I pray? But God's good. And so I, I know from my experience that if we come to him and ask that he's a good God, so he'll always give us an answer or a strategy. Very good. So good. Uh, They've already said a lot of what I was going to say, but that's good. <laughs> uh, but I, I just think it's really important to understand that b- 
before that we're all sons and daughters of God. So as parents, we are sons and daughters of God. And as and our children, before they are our children, they are sons and daughters of God. So, and in Roman, Gabby alluded to this verse as well, Romans 8.14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons or daughters of God. So in all of my life, in all of our lives, we should be wanting to be, our aim should be to be led by the Spirit of God. And especially in this, I mean, it's a, the highest honour and responsibility to raise God's children. So I wasn't raising my sons, I was raising God's sons. So we need to be definitely led by the Spirit as parents and in every area of my life I want to be led by the Spirit of God because I'm his daughter before I'm anything else, before I'm Paul's wife or before I'm my boy's mother, I'm a daughter of God. So I want to be led by him. And if you don't know that this morning that you're a son or a daughter of God, today's the day to come to him and say, I want to be a daughter or a son of God. I really, really want that love they've been talking about to be a daughter or son of God. And the other thing, um, part of being a body is we, we can draw from each other. So I remember I'd get around people whose kids were grown up and walking with God and I'd sit them down and I'd say, tell me everything. <laughs> what did you do? And try and glean all the wisdom from them. And surprisingly, more, that they all said among lots of other things, prayer was always in there. And as Leanna said, we can be led by the Spirit in that area too, so... We can be led by the Spirit how to pray for our children and what to declare over them. And in every area of our life, led by the Spirit how to pray. How to, um, and I love the question thing. I love asking God questions. So cool. So beautiful. Wow, that was a feast. Can you give these beautiful ladies a massive hand? I won't make you sit up here as I wrap up, that, but you can. You're more than welcome to stay. You can leave. I am. Um, I, I, I give him a hand again. I started the panel by saying that God like teaches us things in the process, um, and those ladies just talked about how at all the different stages in all the different processes of parenting and discipling their kids and discipling others, they were looking for what God had for them and what God was saying to them. And Dom, can you put that first one up where it's all smushed together? So this says, God is nowhere. Can you put that up now, Dom? Same, same, same letters? Okay, so this is what it says. But if your perspective shifts, if you actually choose to, can you go back to the first one, Dom, to look at that word and look actually for God? Can you go to the third one now, Dom? It says God is now here. We have a choice in our life as we lead people, whether we look for God to find him or whether we keep looking at, well, God's not here. God's nowhere. Or am I choosing God's here? What's God saying to me? What's he saying through my kids? What's he saying through my work? What's he speaking to me all the time? And so often we say, God's not speaking to me. Stop, look, and listen. Like you would tell your kids. And he is speaking to you. So these amazing ladies shared wisdom today. And that what they had was amazing and has shifted hearts. But if we take nothing else away, take away to look for what he's saying to you. 
through the process of life. If you don't know Jesus and you're like, I don't even know how to look for where God is, all you have to do is start by saying yes. When someone chooses to adopt someone, this child is taken into their family and all they know is I've gone from one place to a new place. I chose to come into this family. God said, they said, yes, come into my family. God's saying, yes, come in. What you don't know has happened as that child is a whole heap of stuff happened behind the scenes. And that's what Jesus did for you, the stuff behind the scenes. He did all the legal work. He did all the paperwork. He paid the price. You only have to say yes to become a part of that family of God. And he's taken you in and he loves you with that unconditional love. And he leads you with the way that he leads you. And he'll guide you and he'll show you your step is yes. I want to be in that family of God. We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. If you have any questions or would like more information, please contact us at melbournelightschurch.com.au.